This is the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton. Each week, Scott shares how he uses the leadership principle of disruption to keep his companies growing and moving in the right direction. Let's get started. Welcome, Scott Middleton, the CDO, the Chief Disruption Officer for LTC Health Solutions. Scott, welcome to the show, your show. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jamie. Uh, you know, I've been I've been disrupting our organization for a long time, but I never had the title. So yeah, uh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yes, I love it. Scott, explain the idea of disruption because there's a lot of leadership principles. There's a lot of different things in this. Explain that idea of what disruption is and what it causes, good and bad. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I, the, there's. A lot of a lot of companies have a chief innovation officer, and and their really goal is to look at at advancements and changes, and and um, and and reacting um, and getting new ideas about things that are changing in the world. Um, but I think disruption really points to action. So um, what I try to do is to create an action that will create a change that will create a positive change. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that sometimes the things I come up with disrupt things, and they're not always positive. So you have to be really careful about evaluating those things down the road. But but I think you have to look, the world is changing so fast and we have got to keep up with it. And the only way we can do that is challenge a lot of the status quo that's going on today. Yeah, for sure. Now, after knowing you for about five years now, Scott, one of the things that I've learned about you is you're not afraid to disrupt things. You're not afraid to <laughs> stir things up where did this this you just to me you just don't seem to be afraid of anything afraid to make changes even if even if they turn out bad or negative in the end you're not afraid to do them where did you get that well i i think i got it 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 really does come out of fear as as an as an owner of multiple businesses over the years and when i really go back to the small business what i realized is that um uh, you can if you don't change and sometimes you don't change quick enough, you're going to go out of business very quickly. So when I had my first business that I, that I started, I had 14 employees, and um, it was an assisted living facility with 30 patients. And what I knew was that from a financial standpoint, it had to grow fast, and I had to have mm-hmm. more beds. So when I bought the building, um, we actually started an addition immediately because I knew that I had to have higher numbers, which was pretty risky you know, mm-hmm. at, at that point in time. Um, but I also had to raise the rates in this in this building. Their rates were extremely low compared to the rest of the region. And so I raised the rates almost 20 percent overnight. And I knew I had to do that. But it was a disruption. And and I knew I would lose a lot of folks. And so I did. And so what, what happened is I lost out of my actually, I think I had 40 patients at 40 patients in the beginning. I lost six of those patients the first day after I announced that that I was raising the rates. Well, that was a big percentage, you know, 20 percent of my my money and population went away uh, quickly. Uh, but what I also found out is that I started charging an application fee and and um, had limited number of beds. So we started reaching out and marketing. And by the end of the month, we were back at 40. And we had also increased the revenue for that facility by 20 percent. Yeah. Wow. So so what you're telling me is, is it, it's not that you don't ever have fear. It's you channel the fear in the right direction. 
It, it, exactly. And so what I was afraid of is I knew if I didn't increase the rates, then I didn't have the revenue to run the building the way it should be and to give the quality of care that I needed for my patients. And so I had a certain model that I knew worked for patient care. And I've always been very patient centered. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but sometimes being cheap and not uh, having enough money is going to not give good patient care. So so I, I, I increased the I, I set the model out, but I knew I had to do it and I had to do it fast. So we had to get extreme creative in order to mm-hmm. fill those beds and do a lot of things differently and I always look at that today so where where is the where what's going on mm-hmm. um, great example that I was going to talk about today with which was the one of the biggest disruptions we had in our organization last few day few weeks is you know we're in the midst of the COVID crisis and so right. Um, when the when the world first decided to shut down and they decided that that's the best way to handle this is everybody stay at home um, and that way until we could really get a handle on what was going uh, what this disease was and that was wise mm-hmm. you know today the stay at home order doesn't make any sense because we know how to treat it we don't have a vaccine yet but there's some great treatments out there the death rate is near zero uh, well it said it's less than one person half of a one percent or something in our state and so uh, we we've got the treatments and, and people are getting it but they're not dying from it but but the the thing was is that everybody was going home and immediately I said oh my gosh what's going to happen uh, to, to people and so we have a house calls business where we send nurse practitioners to the house and and what I was concerned about is is immediately I was afraid what our referrals come from hospitals and nursing homes and rehab hospitals well if everybody's staying at home and they stopped all outpatient surgeries they stopped anything that uh, where people would come into the hospitals except if they have COVID I realized that our referral sources would dry up and we wouldn't have any business mm. and and so it was the fear of oh my gosh you know I have a thousand employees out there who are depending on me and and will all what will happen to us so yeah. so I started thinking what do we need to do and I said well we've got to change the referral source people are still sick people still need care mm-hmm. and and they're not going to be able to get it in the traditional sense so I took a hundred thousand dollars which was a whole lot of money to me I will say that yep. hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and I went to the TV stations in, across the entire state and I said how much will this buy me for TV ads right and and so um, they came back and what I didn't realize is that yeah everybody's at home and everybody's watching TV but nobody's advertising yeah and so I was able for what that hundred thousand would have normally given me about a week's worth of commercials on the major stations across the state. And we ran four weeks worth of ads and they ran constantly. We later found out we were the only new advertiser for the entire month on every major channel. Wow. That crazy. That is crazy. So our little ads ran everywhere. So at the end of the month, normally we would, we would get somewhere around, um, Gosh, I have to think about the numbers, about 800, 900 new patients a month. Wow. Um, the, the following month, we actually, the, that month we ran the ads, we had 1,300 uh, new patients. Uh, we continued to run the ads. I probably put overall another 100, maybe 50 to $100,000 in TV ads. We just kept kind of running them. Last month, we, we went from, we, we had 2,100 new patients in a midst of most doctors are closing their offices right now yeah because they have no patients to be seen and then they have issues with covid because one employee comes in and infects everybody mm-hmm. where our nurse practitioners are just going to the house right 
and they're getting tested, I'm sure, frequently. Right. Yeah. So, so just about every time we go out, we started testing our patients, especially if they were around other people we were going out. But folks we would have never thought would have called us. And, and so now we're starting to pick up and we get referrals from the hospitals, which is nice. In fact, the commercials uh, sparked. Um, we had one hospital system who came and said, we want to send every patient that's coming for outpatient surgery. We want you to go see them and we want you to follow them. Yeah. Uh, last month, we picked up 290 patients just from that one hospital. Wow. The hospital called us because of the commercial. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So uh, you really see two kinds of disruptions here. One is just unintentional. It just happens like COVID. It, was, it just happened to us and we had to deal with it, um, you know, as, as, as a world, as the world had to deal with it. But then you have intentional disruptions. Talk about some of your intentional disruptions. <laughs> that yeah, you, so interesting about the intentional disruption. So what happened when we started getting all these calls to the call center um, for all these new patients, we were overwhelmed. Yeah. Great thing was uh, we were, we, the, the Medicare at that point approved to pay for, um, for telehealth visits. They had never done that before. And so while people were playing around with telehealth, they weren't really using it. So um, we, we thought, well, we got two problems. One, there's nobody even to answer the phone, you know, mm -hmm. or pull up on the internet. Well, we also manage uh, several restaurants and in the same area where our call center is. And so we were immediately closed down and we had about 60 people that didn't have any jobs. So we took those 60 people, moved them into our call center. We did about a three day training showing them what to do, how to do it. Yeah. And they started answering telephone calls calls and they started booking those appointments um, and and they didn't lose their jobs which was the mm -hmm. great the great thing there and we started doing telehealth we immediately moved and started using like we had a nurse practitioner and she did contract covid and uh, she tested positive like for 30 days in a row so oh, when wow. people tell you hey don't worry about testing just stay out two weeks and go home that's a bunch of bull but yeah. she uh, so she she did telehealth calls because she wasn't sick Right. And so uh, we ended up uh, right now we do about 3,000 telehealth calls a month yeah. uh, now where we did zero, right. you know, three, three months ago. Uh, so that was a disruption mm -hmm. that we had to play off of the disruption that really came from the disruption of the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so COVID <laughs> said we've got to figure out how to do this. TV commercials prompted that, but we didn't really think about the overwhelming uh, response to it. Yeah. And that, you know, the telehealth was changed. Even legislation had to change. Um, so, so that it could be used more and more frequently and, and do more visits. And so, which was, a, ended up being a good disruption and, and that's a, it, it really was. But what we saw in general in the healthcare world, unfortunately, was the everybody else didn't change. So the big mm. hospital systems who employ, you know, 90 percent of the physicians around the, the country uh, just kind of moved along. Everything's going to be natural. Well, yeah. their offices then people didn't want to go to the office. Mm -hmm. And and so people were not literally going to the doctor, which is what scared me the most. And and so they just started closing up and people got laid off and, and people weren't being seen because they didn't have anybody who really could disrupt yeah. and to make that change happen that quickly. Right. Change, you said the word there. Change is a scary word for a lot of people. Some people do really well with change. Some people... Um, don't do well with change. 
why as an entrepreneur and you've started several businesses um why is change so necessary if you want that business to continue to grow yeah because the the world continues to change i mean you think about what we're doing today we're sitting here on skype well 10 mm -hmm. years ago i didn't know what skype was um, you think about the businesses out there in the last 90 days that learned how to use Zoom and having Zoom meetings. In fact, I think it's getting a little on the overkill side. Mm -hmm. um, I do think it's time for people to come back in rooms together right. uh, now that we've got COVID fairly under control. Um, even though we have a large number of people getting COVID, but we have just as many people getting the flu every year. The great thing is that the, it's not it's not so negative. The, out, the outcomes aren't just death, you know, right. like they were four or five months ago. Um, so I think now we've got to, we got to ease people back into what's the medium. So while we were doing a lot of Skype, what, uh, I mean, a lot of telehealth visits, what I did encourage my providers is yes, use those when you feel it appropriate, but it does not substitute for the fact that you never see a patient. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what a lot of uh, hospital systems did as they set up these quickly, these telehealth systems, but they didn't provide the, the face-to-face -face provider that went along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think telehealth can be used as just a quick, uh, quick visit. That, but you should schedule that next face-to-face -face visit. You know, down the road. Sh you know, shortly. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it should never be a a, a fix-all, but it it can be temporary. It, yeah, it can. But but you've got we we follow up all of our telehealth calls that we do. We will follow up with a visit. So they will be scheduled right. a visit um, by us going to see them. So this is not just we just want random people calling because that's just not at the end of the day good medicine. Yeah, Scott, give us another disruption story. Um, <laughs> you so. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is just all this week, too. So um, one of the things that we learned was a lot of our patients weren't getting their medications. And so we actually have our own pharmacy, but we've really not, quote, marketed it. But it's owned by our practice. And we have the pharmacy for the main purpose of having pharmacists that can consult with our physicians on medications. Um, but a lot of our providers just weren't going out there and saying, hey, you ought to use our pharmacy. And I really don't want my providers, quote, marketing out there uh, right. anyway. And so uh, what we realized is we were finding more and more people, the providers are coming back and saying, hey, these folks don't aren't getting their medicine now because they're afraid to go to Walmart or Walgreens. And we deliver and we also sync medications in our pharmacy. So that means that you get all of your meds every month on the same date. So if the pharmacist filling all your meds and really realize you need a, a, a new order because your, your your refills have expired or whatever, they just pick up the phone, call the doc instead mm -hmm. of having to tell you, no, I can't send it to you. You find your doc and, and all. We coordinate all that. So, uh, but we couldn't get people signed up to use it. And so um, th this week, actually, um, what happened is um, I decided we needed to have do some little celebration with our call center. And I also wanted to make sure that our call center always understood people. We have about 100 people in that call center. I want to make sure they really understood our big picture. Mm -hmm. So um, they, they work on track. So I set up dinner 
uh, on Wednesday, and then I've got another dinner today for the opposite track, and they just rotate through as they have their breaks, and they come in, and I'm feeding everybody, but they also have to listen to me. Mm-hmm. So um, on Wednesday, I'm going through some big picture items, and one of those was pharmacy, and I said, okay, guys, the, these are people who are talking to the patients, talking to the providers, coordinating schedules, and they probably know more about the patients than anything else, and I said, um, here's what I'm going to do. The pharmacy's important, and I explained to them the importance, but I said, I'm going to throw you a bonus and I'm going to pay you a bonus for every new patient that you can sign up for the pharmacy. And it the, the bonus will come back uh, as a dollar amount that will go to your pod. And there's about 10 people on each pod. They, right. And they take care of 800 patients. So we have 10 people and the four, like five of them work one day and five of them work the other. But I said the bonus will come back and y'all will split split it evenly among you. So um, immediately I had one guy who asked a couple of questions and he said uh, about that. And, and one of the questions he said, so uh, your bonus is going to be based on, um, uh, uh, you know, how, how much we actually can bill through the pharmacy, you know, mm-hmm. for the dollars for that. And I said, yeah, for the first month that they have on it. So, so he said, I just really need to concentrate on getting people signed up. And I said, sure. So here's what he did. He walked back, and by that afternoon, before he left at 7 o'clock, he had signed 14 people up for our pharmacy. Wow. And all he did is whenever he was on scheduling an appointment or talking to a patient, he said, hey, did you know that you qualify to be able to use our pharmacy because you're one of our patients, we have our own pharmacy. We mail your, and he gave the little spiel, and they went, oh my goodness, I didn't know that, sign me up. That sounds so convenient. Right. So by the end of the day, he had signed up 14 people. Um, this is Friday, that was on Wednesday. Right now, he, had, he and then he worked yesterday, and he actually signed another 14 people up. So he, and then, and just him, this one person signed up close to 30 people, which created like 95 thousand dollars worth of income to the pharmacy over the next 12 months Mm -hmm. but it'll be about nine thousand dollars worth of 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 dollars and his pod his 10 people just what he did those two days will get an get will split an eighteen hundred dollar bonus so they'll each get a hundred and eighty dollars in addition to their regular bonuses Mm -hmm. so do you think he's not the most popular man in the entire call center right now his pod loves him yeah. And and it was all the, the disruption was I created created the bonus program. So give them mm-hmm. a little incentive because they're all looking for a little bit of money. It's vacation time, you know, and they, right. and they want a little bit of money. But also I had to push them to understand why, you know, yeah. that why this is so important to our patients. Right. Yeah. Because it's not it's not the first thing isn't the bonus, but the first thing is the better care. Um, better outcomes with the patients because they get their medications delivered and all that. But man, that's a great bonus. That's a great way to, to incentivize for sure. Well, and, and I think at, at the end of the day, people are always driven to where they know their money will lie. And yeah. so I, I, I do believe, as you know, um, in our organization, everybody works off of a bonus mm-hmm. program. And, and so that it helps to point them in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, but you do have to be careful because sometimes you'll create a bonus and it you think it's driving people one way and then it drives them another and you've you've got a problem yeah but but that's the thing with you and knowing you now you're okay to pivot you know when you and you pivot quick you don't you you won't let something linger for a long time yeah especially Um, if it drives something to the to a wrong 
a wrong place. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we've always looked at it in healthcare as we've always said, you know, if you do what's right for your patients, then ultimately everything else will work out and, yeah. and including the, the money at the end of the day. So just do what's right for the patients. And we do that in hospitality too. If we figure right. out what to do right for the customers and what the customers want and need, it will work. Yeah, for sure. Now we've talked mostly about healthcare, the healthcare side here. You have some hospitality businesses, some restaurants, some entertainment businesses, and tell us some of the disruptions you're making in those. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Just one of the COVID disruptions, which was real good. Um, you know, the when when we did get payroll protection for our um, for those that were in our healthcare, mm-hmm. um, and so what we did is we took our servers in South Carolina. That a server makes two dollars and thirteen cents an hour, and then they get their tips. Mm-hmm. Our servers did pretty well, and so what I said, let's go back and look at what they made while they were while everything was a, a going, and we will pay them the uh, the same hourly rate. If They'll mm-hmm. come into work because the government had asked us to try to keep your employees at work. So we had people that were making fifteen to eighteen dollars an hour. On the average, most of our servers were about fifteen dollars an hour. Our bartenders were making about eighteen, some as high as twenty-five. Right. So we said, whatever that number is, we're going to pay you that number all the way through COVID. Mm-hmm. So um, it, people were excited. They came back and they were still motivated to do their jobs. So as we started opening back up and the tips started coming back in, I said, we're going to keep this guarantee. Mm-hmm. So anytime now a new employee is hired with our organization, we base it on their experience, but we set a guaranteed minimum that they will make. Now, right. hopefully they'll make more than that because they'll bring in the tips. Yeah. Um, and most all of them are. But it's been amazing to watch when we hire people that said, oh, my gosh, I've never had that before. I can take out health insurance and I can go ahead and sign up for the 401k because I know that I've got a guaranteed amount mm-hmm. that I'm going to make. We also did is we we stopped paying the tips out on, on a daily basis. Right. And so now if, if, they, if they get a cash tip, they can put that in their pocket. But if, they're, if that credit card tip is coming through, then it's going to be paid out for them every two weeks. So we have a chance to take that money out for their health insurance or 401k. And so it's changing the lives of people who have been living hand to mouth or day to day. Because, yeah. I, I mean, most of these servers, they could go out and make $500 one night and then buy two nights later, it's gone because they're going, well, I'll just get it again. Right. You know, oh, it'll come back. And then <laughs> and most of them didn't have benefits. Right. So they've been excited about that. Yeah. yeah. And also, I remember one of the disruptions because of COVID, you had a lot of servers that, you know, weren't going to be coming in. You had to, you know, essentially lay people off. But you took a lot of those people and you moved them to another organization and to, to SC House Calls, to the call center. Um, I think that was awesome just to be able to keep people on board and it, and it also satisfied the need because, because of all the telehealth and all of the the calls that were coming in. And, um, I, I commend you for that, Scott. I think that was, um, it was brave, but I think it, it saved a lot of people's livelihoods and, and, and made their day. And I know they respect you all the more for that. Well, and at the end of the day, um, it, it, what, what really happened, it, 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 if everybody had done this, it would have saved the world yeah. um, and it would have saved the economy because mm-hmm. in the first, when we were told to shut all of our restaurants down, 
we didn't know about payroll protection right. and we didn't know how we were going to pay people. And, and I didn't also know about all this influx of new business we were going to have in, in hospitality. So we did lay everybody off for just about three to five days. I guess right. it was less than a week when we realized that, wow, we can change this. So we called everybody back. Mm-hmm. Now we had at that time, we had some people who said, well, I'm not coming back. You know, I'm, you right. know we had a few of those um, that just didn't want to come back because they had kids problems. You know, what am I doing with the children and all? But most of all of them came back. And you're right. They some of them would have been better off maybe after the government said, hey, I'm going to pay you, um, you know, five thousand dollars a month, no matter what you made before right. to stay at home. Which, but, you know, most of them said I would have gone crazy. And and so had everybody done that, and we kept he- people coming back to work. People need to come back to work and we know how to protect them right. when they come to work. And like I said, we have thousand employees and we had less than 25 total covid cases because we were testing. We were isolating mm-hmm. our employees and we were providing the proper equipment for them. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it can be done. And now the world needs to come back. Yeah. They all need to come back to work because we know now that it's safe to do that. Right. Scott, I love this idea of disruption and we're going to be talking a lot more about this in the coming weeks and, and the different disruption stories, the good and the bad. I think that's what I, one thing I love about you. You're open about the good and the bad. Um, you share your successes, but you also share the things that weren't a success and learn from them in the end. Yeah, yeah I, I've got some great stories coming up, guys, about uh, how how we what we've done for our employees over the years and what worked and what didn't work. And so um, I, I think we'll have a fun time on this one, Jamie. Yep, it's going to be a blast. Scott, great. thanks again. Thanks for all you do. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Disruptive Podcast with Scott Middleton. Follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter at The Disrupted Podcast. You can also help us out by giving us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening.